Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Before we get started, we want to tell you about an opportunity for you to have more growth in your relationships. We are so excited to offer our digital course, The Five Rules of Fair Fighting, Resolve Conflicts While Protecting Your Relationship. This course is for anyone who wants to grow and improve your relationships. Someone who wants to stop having the same fight over and over again and getting nowhere. This course is for the person who, quote, doesn't ever fight, but feels there's too much distance and not enough communication. Guys, conflict is inevitable. This course will help you avoid the collateral damage when fighting gets unfair. Join our email list to be the first to hear about the details of the release of The Five Rules of Fair Fighting. Go to wittyandgritty.blog to sign up. And now, back to the show. Relax, don't do it, when you want to suck it to it. Relax, don't do it, when you want to Hit that blue steel look. You know you like it. Ow, ow, ow. It should be relax and do it. And the it is tuning in to Woody and Gritty. (laughs) (laughs) So like when you're about to strangle your toddler, relax. Don't do not do that. Instead, come check us out. Yeah, episode 59, Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Her book is about the key peak to happiness health and thinking and this is the fourth quarter we've joked about quarters this whole mini series so far so fourth quarter you made it it's the end of the match how are you gonna finish you're gonna finish strong then we're gonna hop on into our interviews yeah you didn't sit through the science lesson in the first two quarters for nothing and then the third quarter we started started to introduce the 21 day detox plan and today It's going to go completely underway. We're going to lay it all out there for you. Right. This is going to be exciting. So we're going over chapters 11 through 15 to close out the book. And so each of the chapters, it's the five different steps you're taking. So chapter 11 covers one of the things you need to do. 12 is another. 13 is another. And then you want to do those in that order for 21 days. Ideally, perfect world scenario. Remember... If you're really, truly wanting to change a habit or a thought process or trying to switch on your brain to something else, it's worth sticking to it. You can do it. Three weeks, guys. That's all. And three weeks. in your freebie, if you haven't gotten it yet, just shoot us an email. We'll give it to you. There is a calendar in there, and it's just a little checklist. You get to check off every time you've done that for the day, and it's set up for three weeks. So if starting on a Sunday makes sense for you, do it. If starting on a Friday makes sense for you, do it. I love a good checklist. Mm. And where are my people at that write something that wasn't on their checklist just mm. so they can cross it out? Yes. I know you're out there. Oh, I was so productive today. I need to write more things on this list so that way. We... But isn't that how it goes? You start off with a solid to-do list. 
It's your to-do list, and you end up doing things on other people's to-do list. That's why you got to do the Michael Hyatt big three of the day. So what are your top three things you need to do, and then everything else is just a bonus. There. I like that positive framing mindset mm. tip. Gotcha, girl. Way to go. Okay, so we're going to open with chapter 11, and this step is gather. Gather. And you are going to provide us with tree analogies to help <laughs> us remember. So what is the gather? I'll start by saying what Carolyn Leaf says is gather. Yes, because mine's random. No, it's not. I love it. So you <laughs> always have great analogies. <laughs> Why don't you go for the science side and explain what she says, and then I'll well talk about trees. <laughs> Please don't set the bar too high. I'm going to give... It's through the roof. Oh, of a one-story building. (laughs) So tall. (laughs) Okay, so chapter 11, the very first step is to gather. And so the gathering step is where you're becoming aware of the signals that are coming into your mind from your external environment. So there's definitely a difference between here in these five steps of external versus internal. So you're taking time out of your day to be aware of how your brain, your mind is interpreting the information coming into your brain through your five senses. Right. So we mentioned this earlier in the book. So most of us are operating, well, cognitively on the sensory level. So your smell, taste, touch, hearing, vision, and then underneath that is the atomic level and then underneath that is the quantum level. So it makes me think of nesting dolls. Oh, there you go. Look at this. Nesting yeah. dolls. There's only three that we talk about in this book. If there are more, it's not in this book, nor is it in this podcast. <laughs> Find your nesting dolls elsewhere. So there's that. Three nesting dolls. <laughs> right. But that's okay. Sensory, atomic, quantum. It's kind of also like that Tupperware you can get where the bowl fits inside the bowl. Yes. Yeah. How practical. I love that. Enneagram ones rejoice. Okay. So like you were saying, Farron, this chapter is all about gathering. So you're trying to find the thing that you need to either change or switch on or fix. So we'll talk about how to bring that to light. Yeah. So we're, again, it's the 21 day detox plan. So you might, as you become aware of your thoughts, Oh, a good one comes in, a good one comes in, and then you're trying to catch and identify those negative thoughts. Um, You're also starting to develop an understanding of your internal environment, your mind. So if I were to see lint, I'm immediately going to have an aversion to that. She means dryer lint. She can't touch it. I, I, you know, I've even asked my kids to get it out of the dryer when I'm doing laundry because I don't want to go get a paper towel and scoop it out. But that's my reaction. But if Brooke or any other normal human being were to see the dryer lint, they would just scoop it out and wouldn't think twice. So one, taking in the information, but then two, seeing how you respond to that um, in your thought life. Right, so how those two come together, so the sensory world. So, Farron, let's say you are trying to be able to touch the dryer lint. Mm. This is the thing that you are perfectly capable of doing. All you have to do is switch your brain on to it. So the gather step for you might be, okay, if I'm seeing lint, I need to think about what emotions I'm thinking, how does that attach to any memories that I have, and then usually when you experience something on the sensory level, you have seven to eight 
internal things going on that are usually attached to memories, emotions, other things you've experienced. So try to connect those two and we'll get to how those relate in a second. But this whole chapter 11 on gather, if we're going with a tree theme, because again, the things in your brain look like trees. So those are your neural networks. And just imagine a forest. There's a whole forest. My whole brain's a forest. Red oak park. What is it in California? Oh, I'm picturing the forest from Frozen 2. Okay. So the forest (laughs) from Frozen 2. And we're in that forest. And we're trying to, as we walk by a tree, okay, I like this tree. Let's leave that tree. Oh, this tree's on fire. It's a bad tree. So what you need to do is recognize, oh, here's this tree. I don't like this tree. I need to filter that through my thoughts, take it captive, and do something about this tree. So that's what the gather step is. You're finding the trees you don't want in your brain. Right. So developing an awareness of your thoughts is the very first step to eventually taking those thoughts captive. So a little bit about what your brain is doing when this is happening. So we're going to throw brain parts at you. (laughs) Brain parts? (laughs) Throw them at you. Halloween themed. Here we go. Okay, so the hypothalamus is going to respond to the attitude by releasing chemicals necessary for memory and building emotions. So what she says in her book is every from every reaction you're giving out, there's an attitude attached with the action, and you've got to figure out what that attitude is. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it lovely? Is it noble? Is it whatever Philippians 4.8 says? If it's not, then... That needs to be a thing we change. So your hypothalamus is going to respond to whatever emotion and attitude you have to it. And it's going to release the chemicals it needs to build those emotions. So if I, if Farron, you see dryer lint and you go, then your brain's going to go, okay, we need to say every time we see dryer lint or think about dryer lint. And it's just going to solidify that emotion with that sensory reception. Yeah, so good thing that dryer lint does not exist in all areas of my life because that could become problematic. (laughs) Lint everywhere! But let's just say every time you are challenged by something in life, you immediately develop a negative reaction to it, then that's not a good pattern to develop, right? So you'd like to be able to say, okay, when I see a challenge, I want to reframe this too. This is going to be hard, but I've faced hard challenges before. I bet there's a way I can figure this out. So once your hypothalamus kicks into gear, it releases those chemicals that are going to help create the bonds between the emotions and your actions. Your amygdala is going to respond, and that's going to link the emotional perceptions to start building new emotional perceptions. So it's going to say, oh yeah, we since my brain is telling me to do this, I'm going to make more of these things, right? More is better. So again, that plays to your strengths too. So if you want to, once we talk about this whole process and you're trying to rebuild the healthy things, that will work in your favor. So you just got to keep in mind, if I'm having this negative attitude and negative response, it's only going to tell my brain to continue making that negative thing because that's what it's supposed to do. So once the hypothalamus and the amygdala start doing their thing, all of that is going to go through the hippocampus which is helping convert short-term memory into long-term memory. So if you do this over and over and over, your hippocampus is going to go, okay, so this is just the thing I do. This is the thing I always do. I've always, my mom's always struggled with depression, so I'm going to struggle with depression. And my kids are going to struggle with depression. So you can see how that spirals out of control and you don't know how you got there. Yeah, think of like uh, developing a bad habit. 
So my one of my kiddos, she would chew her fingernails. And I tried the first time I ever saw it to get her to stop. And she has since stopped, but it didn't, that whole philosophy didn't work because she'd chew them to fall asleep. Well, I wasn't in there. And so it took a while to catch that. Um, but my other daughter has started doing this teeth sucking thing where she's like, <laughs> and I've told her she's got to stop because otherwise it's going to become a bad habit and she'll just do it and she won't even realize she's doing it. Sure enough, I've had to like point that out. Like, do you know that you're doing it? No. Well, I told you. So I'm hoping that eventually <laughs> they'll see that, you know, if you catch yourself early enough that the you won't develop as strong of a bad habit because it can be something that's really difficult to break. I like how you even talked about how that becomes an unconscious habit as well, too. So you're trying to get her to bring it into the conscious so that it can be changed and then put back into the non-conscious. So good job for you, Mom. You know, I'm applying what we preach here. I love it. And that, that also is just the power of community, too. If you've given someone permission to speak life into you, then they can say, hey, remember how we talked about not gossiping? You're doing it. Because you might not even know you're doing it, but you're doing it. Or you might say something like, I really want to tell you this thing, but I can't. <laughs> don't be that friend. <laughs> right. So number one, don't do that. But if you are trying to not gossip, have that, that wise counsel or that accountability person to say, hey, remember we're not going to do that. Okay, yeah, that's right. Because it might be so ingrained in you that you don't know you're doing it. So that's where you need that outside help. All right. Chapter 12 is the second step. So the first step is to gather your thoughts, looking for those toxic ones. And then the second step in chapter 12 is focused reflection. And focused reflection is thinking specifically on one thought, really focusing in and honing in on that thought and the connections that come with it. Right. So again, this whole 21-day challenge, it doesn't have to be all the things I do wrong. You need to pick just one. Just start with just one if that's trying to get rid of cokes or if that's trying to not gossip or whatever your vice is. If you're trying to get rid of that, pick one thing. Don't try to do them all. You know what a good one is? Dryer lint? No. <laughs> that's No, I want to hate it forever. Really far down the list. Negative self-talk. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. When I think of toxic thinking, that's always my go-to is, oh, that must be negative self-talk maybe that's not for everybody well but. for an Enneagram one that is definitely something the inner critic is she's a strong one shut it down I should know I'm made in myself <laughs> <laughs> oh you got it so again Lucy that's my negative inner critic mm. short for Lucifer which you know there you go shut it down so every time a thought goes in my head, got to filter it. Is this Lucy chatting? Because I told her nah. So again, taking it captive, getting rid of what is not Philippians 4.8, and then going from there. So like you were saying, Farron, it's deep, it's intellectual, it's directed, it's disciplined. So make sure you're bringing those things to attention. It's going to help with controlling raging, preventing chaotic thoughts from moving through your mind. It's really going to help you learn how to filter through those thoughts and what to do about them. Yeah, so in focused thinking, you want to spend some time with body awareness. When this thought comes to mind, are you clenching your fist, grinding your teeth, 
Um, does your we talked about body language in other series as well? Are you hunching your shoulders? Um, what's your facial expression? Frowning, you know, all of that. You want to also check your emotions. So kind of like you could guess from your body awareness. How does this make me feel? Am I feeling anxious, worried, mad, um, excited? You know, maybe if it's a good thought, you're like, oh, that makes me happy. Get out of here. You go. You go do your thing. Happy thought. Um, <laughs> but think about the emotion that's coming with it, and then make sure that you have this sense of self where you can um, see how it's changing your mind about things. I know I can be like really excited about an idea, and all of a sudden a thought will come in. One thought out of all the things I was excited about, and that one thought can just totally change my mind on planning that event or going to do the thing with the kids. So you want to definitely see how it changes your brain and try to overcome that in a positive way. Right. She also ties in the entire first half of the book throughout not only this chapter, but throughout this whole section, she'll refer back to all the science. So again, having the book is going to be really helpful because you can just quickly refer back to what she's saying. She'll say, in this chapter, in this section, is a refresher if you need it. So that's going to be super helpful too. We will link the book link in the show notes. And I think it's also good to mention here as a reason to get the book is during these last five chapters, there's a lot of prompting questions so if maybe you're having trouble being as aware of your toxic thoughts, um, these quest guiding questions can help you in this process. Right. If you're having a hard time knowing what to think about, this book is going to be helpful. Like you were saying earlier, Farron, in this miniseries, a lot of times self-help books say, here's your problem. Stop it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this book actually says, here's your problem. Here's why it's happening. Here's a logical, proven scientific, and biblical, biblically backed way to combat that. Here's how. You're welcome. Thank you, book. All right, let's move on to chapter 13. So oh, I forgot to do my tree analogy. Oh, please, tree analogy. So gather was... So gather was you're walking through the forest, and there's a tree. You like this tree? I'm keeping it. This tree's pretty, too. Ew, this tree is yucky and has a bunch of sticky things on it. I need to get rid of that tree because that's going to help. covered in lint. Who <laughs> <laughs> put this laundry tree here? <laughs> uh, okay, so then that's the gather. I found the trees I don't want. And remember, she talks about seven or eight other trees kind of being attached to that one tree. So think of like, you know how trees kind of come together over a road? You gotta find those other trees it's connected to. Mm -hmm. Gotta, get, and your job is to try to get rid of those. It's like if you're trying to remove a weed and you just cut a leaf off. You gotta get all the rest of the plant, everything right. connected to it. So find the bad, yucky trees, and then the next step, the focused reflection from chapter twelve, is you're gonna start loosening the branches. So if two trees are connected through branches, you're gonna try to like get in between them and get them apart. So think about climbing the bad tree through the lint if you need to, and you need to start getting those branches loose and try to get them away from each other. All right, and so then in chapter 13, the third step is to write. Oh my gosh, I feel like we always mention the power of writing things out. As you know, we provide workbooks with our book studies because we believe in the power of writing. I loved this chapter. Yes, Dr. Carolyn Leaf comes in and says, Yo, witty and gritty. Turns out you know a little something about what you're talking about here. 
Thanks, so, ma'am. We appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Not real, but imaginary. I feel like that's what Shout she out. She'd be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tell her. <laughs> oh, but yes, yeah, so this whole writing process, she actually takes you through all the different parts of the brain that are being activated. And by the time she gets through that section of the book, your whole brain has been activated just because you started writing, which is crazy to me. I love it. And again, just the fact that science backs up things that people have told us or things that we just kind of know. Like she says, writing adds clarity to what you've been thinking about. And I know I've experienced it when I go to write it out. It helps me identify how I truly feel about it. And it gives me some ideas on the best way to go about resolving whatever I'm working through at the time. So again, it's science, folks. Something else that's fascinating about how writing works with your brain, you're doing two different things at once. You're actually moving your body and you're having to think about what you're going to write. It's not like you're just squiggling around and making no sense of what you're doing. You're actually writing things down in a way that makes sense and that your brain makes sense. So you're doing the... Like the learned, however you, however you say it, the uh, unconsciously competent from grit of writing because your body knows how to write, but you're having to cognitively think about what you're writing down. So your whole brain is being activated through all the things. Yeah, I like, just side note, we might take this out. <laughs> I like from grit when she talks about how sports is one of the few areas where you experience challenge and fun. That hobbies are fun, work is a challenge. But sports gives kids and adults that just haven't quit yet <laughs> the chance to experience something that is both challenging and fun. So like you were saying. That's a sweet spot. You might have these thoughts circulating in your head and you might be able to jot down a grocery list. But putting pen to paper on those thoughts in your head um, really takes your perspective on the issue to a different level. Um, in fact, she says that the writing process consolidates your thoughts, which I thought was kind of funny because I will ramble in my own head, but if I had to write all that down, that's exhausting. So knowing that I'm going to have to write it all out helps me organize my thoughts and say it in a simpler way by trying to get it down on paper. And so through that process, again, it helps clarify really what it is that's at the root of the issue and can help open doors on how to solve it. I love it. She also suggests keeping a thought journal, and there's freedom in different ways. You can write in straight lines if you want, or you can doodle, or you can draw pictures of what pops in your head when you think about grocery lists or whatever it is that you're journaling about. A thought journal, there are no boundaries. You can journal about whatever you want. If you're trying to actively take your thoughts captive, if you have... A negative thought jump in your head, jot it down. Notes in your phone or doodle on a notebook, whatever you have. So again, it doesn't have to be, today I thought this one thing. and da, 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 da. You could just be like, ugh, Dryerland's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't have to be this fancy formal thing. It could just be some angry faces and then a picture of what made you angry there aren't really rules to keeping a thought journal except for keep the dang thought journal. Yeah, and if there was one rule, it would probably be that in this step, you're only getting it out of your head. So don't overwhelm yourself by trying to um, really delve deep as you're getting the thoughts on paper. Just 
brain dump first, okay? Get it all written down. Um, and I like what you said, especially because I like things to be like pretty and well written and all that. This isn't going to be a this published is, article. This is not the step for it no. either. Do you think Anne Frank knew when she was writing her journal? Should have really worked on my penmanship. <laughs> it's oh. probably not the thought in her head. Chances are no one is ever going to see this journal. So try not to let you know any perfectionism or anything inhibit your writing process. Just get it down on paper. Yeah, I would say writing without fear would be a way to think about that. So fearlessly jot your things down. Again, you can get one of those old school... Not it's not a trapper keeper. Those are awesome. <laughs> but the diaries that locked that had that one lock. Yeah. And all the keys are the same. Yeah, that's too bad, huh? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Maybe some people didn't know that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> all the girls from the nineties are so upset that you just said that. You mean I could have unlocked that journal? I lost the At Susie's there. house. I could have read her diary this whole time. I knew she was talking about. Oh my goodness. So chapter 11 was gather, so that's finding the bad trees. Chapter 12 is the focused reflection, so that's you getting in the trees, trying to loosen the branches from each other. I found two bad trees that are connected, I've got to get them separate. Chapter 13, the writing, you're actually shaking, she says, shaking the glue that's holding the branches. But if we're going with trees, we're going to talk sap, right? Yeah. So sappy trees, we're going to get the sap separated, and then... We'll get to the next step, and that's what we're going to do with the sap. So now you just have this excess of sap. It needs to go somewhere. So we're going to tell you where to put it. In chapter 14, which is revisit. I was thinking, like, I'll tell you where to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me where to put it. Okay, so yes, chapter 14 is revisit. And the revisit step is going to be the one that moves you forward and helps you to work towards finding a solution and ways to overcome your toxic thoughts. Right, so we've found these negative thoughts. We're trying to take them captive. We're writing them down just word vomit style. And now it's time to go back and look at what we've done. Trying to find those themes, read through the whole thing, start trying to section them off. Wow, if I had a lot of negative thoughts about a fight I had with my friend or about this thing that happened at work... I've got seven different thoughts about how the house is a mess and it makes me feel guilty. I mean, whatever it is, try to find those types of sections, how to organize it, and then that way you can kind of see what's kind of going on in your head. And from there, that might be a good, if you're not sure which habit to break first, that might be a good place. Which one is the most pain point for you? Is it the mom guilt or is it the thing at work, or is it whatever it is that is occupying the most real estate in your mind, that might be the thing you need to address first. So I like your example about mom guilt. And so if we use that as an example, so in the revisit part, you've already identified it, but you want to start transcribing it. You want to start changing that thought. So we've talked before about combating lies with truths. So if you say, man, I'm just a terrible mom. I didn't spend like any time with my kids today. So I must just be the worst mom ever. Take a hold of that thought. And are you the worst mom ever? Were your kids fed? Were they clean? Were they decently dressed for the day's occasion? Here we are in COVID. They run around in their underwear a lot. (laughs) So be it. When are we ever going to have this opportunity again? (laughs) 
you're the coolest mom because you let them run around in their underwear all day. There's no way you're the worst mom ever. I like how you just reframed it. It's same, yes. same, same occurrence, totally different perspective. So sometimes it just takes that perspective shift. So if we're still going with the tree theme, which by golly, George, we're gonna. So we had gather. That's let's find the trees that we don't like. We had focused reflection. So that means bad trees like bad trees. So we've got to shake those tree branches apart. And then the writing portion. Now we have what was connecting the trees together was that sap or the glue in your brain. So you're trying to get the sap apart. Sap's not bad. Sap happens on trees. It Normal. Syrup. There you go. So you now say syrup or syrup? Syrup. No, syrup. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Carry on. So now we have this sap that we need to put somewhere else so we can make other trees that we like stick together. Birds of a feather flock together. So you're going to take and revisit. You're going to put the sap on the tree you like and try to connect it to other like-minded trees. Little fool, a lot of sap. Okay, I got you. This tree analogy is making this clear and concise. Clear as mud? Clear as crystal clear water mm. <laughs> on the beach <laughs> with white sand. I'm dreaming. Okay, let's move on to the fifth and final step covered in chapter 15, and this is referred to as active reach. I really like this one because this is the go and do. So this, the first four chapters, 11, 12, 13, 14, that was find the error. We are word vomiting what we're thinking. We have tried to figure out what we need to do instead. And now we're actually going to go do the thing. So the difference between thinking about doing something and the actual doing of the thing. That's yeah. what's going to make the difference. So just like in the uh, mom guilt example, active reach is going to be actively looking for the truths to combat the lies or actively choosing to change your perspective. So, you know, if my perspective is I didn't spend five hours sitting and playing shoots and ladders with my kid today, so therefore I'm the worst mom ever, then your active reach is going to be stop the thought and look for something that you did do that disproves you're the worst mom ever. Right, you taught your kid how to independent play. Oh man, that's an important skill mm. to have. For sure. You've got to be you've got to be able cuz that's going to fight the whole I'm bored when yeah. they're 7. Mm. Yep. You've you've been practicing independent play all these years. You've got you've got your 10,000 hours already at age 4. You've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You helped develop their imagination. Oh. There's one mom guilt commercial and we'll we'll try to find it and link it, but it's the mom and it's just her at the end of the day. Like it's going through all of the chaos of the day. Like there's laundry all over the bed. She's folding it, and then the daughter is trying to help. But you know how that really goes when oh, they're when they're so much three. <laughs> or she makes this cake, and then the cake falls on the ground and busts mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And and so at the end of the day, the mom's just so exhausted, and the dad's talking to the daughter, and he's like, "How was your day?" And she's like, "It was the best day ever." And she talked about how she got to help mom with the laundry, and they ate cake off the floor. They never got to do that. So it was just cool to hear or see the whole perspective shift, and it totally changed how the commercial was. I love it. That makes me happy, and I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, heartwarming. So that was a really good mom guilt example. She gives other examples in the book, like the 
you've written down how you feel about your health and whatever, and you've decided, I'm going to get healthy and in shape. So now the active reach is, okay, now I'm going to walk every day. If it's just to the mailbox, by golly, you walk to the mailbox every day, or you walk to the end of your street, or you walk around the block. Again, building up that stamina. And you could even do something productive on your walk, like you could go on a prayer walk. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but some people will actively pray the entire time they're walking. And I, some people are like, oh, what do you, I run out of things to pray about. Okay, you've got eyeballs, so start doing gratitude too. Okay, thank you God for the clear blue skies, or if it's raining, thank you God for the rain to pour over this grass. Now we have green grass, thanks. I like that example. It reminds me of, um, again, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, you're, I'm going to have a thought regardless. So you might know that you need to go exercise or that you need to eat healthy, um, but you might have the thought of, but I don't like that food or I'm too tired. And so instead, he suggests that you ask yourself questions that um, have to do with your identity. So in that example, you might say, well, what would a healthy person do? And so you're having a thought, and the thought that you're bringing in is now what a healthy person would do. So you're thinking about that solution instead of going back and identifying with the old self or the old thought pattern. So again, I when guys are like, I'm like, what are you thinking about? And a guy will be like, nothing. I just, that blows my mind. So if you need to replace a thought with another thought because you're going to be thinking, try posing that question. Like, what would a confident mom think? And, you know, what would a healthy person do? What would an organized person do? What would someone who's, um, what's the opposite of procrastinating? Punctual. What would a punctual person do? <laughs> I should probably ask myself that one. You can just look to your right and ask. I'm right over here. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I should text you about that more often. But then your brain is going to look for that answer. So part of that active reach will be fulfilled when you answer those questions. Right, so again, let's go with the brain forest here <laughs> into the unknown oh yeah just sing that the whole time in the background nope. while i'm talking about trees that'd That's be great you yeah you had little mermaid a couple episodes ago now here we go with I'm frozen so sorry. I, no, don't be sorry i love it so again gather is the first step that's finding the bad trees remember bad trees like each other so you need to climb up in the tree and separate those trees from each other once you do you have that extra sap you're going to put that sap on a good tree that you want to keep and then that tree is going to find other happy trees. I feel like Bob Ross. Happy little trees. So happy trees like happy trees. They'll go find each other. And the tree that doesn't have any friends will die. That, it will, that's what she says in the book. Like, that neural network dies. Oh, okay, great. So eventually over time, probably about 21 days, that tree will be no more. So you have the power to... She says, perform your own brain surgery, but all it is is just active choices, and that's how you get there. So that's how you do the five items in a day. That's the challenge. You just do it for 21 days in a row. And the best part is this process, once you get it down, right, any new practice and skill is going to take some time. But 
not too long. Once you get it down, this should only take about seven to ten minutes out of your day. Yeah, even then, you you can find time. You can find time. You can find seven to ten minutes. I mean, some people hide in the pantry for that amount of time. <laughs> I don't know who. I'm hiding in the back of the closet corner with the clothes over my face. Remember? <laughs> That's so, right. again, seven to ten minutes. How many minutes do you scroll on Facebook a day? Mm-hmm. Definitely more than ten yeah. for a lot of people. Your phone will tell you now. Yeah. Screen time per week. Think about how much you could detox your brain if you switched your social media time to reflection time. Mm. Boom. Yeah. That's powerful stuff right there. So, what you're actually doing through this challenge Because you're doing the active reach at the end, you are breaking down a toxic thought and building up a healthy thought at the same time. So when you're gathering those thoughts, remember you're going through the whole forest. So you're finding the good and the bad. So as you're doing that, oh, these are good trees, let's do more of this and let's do less of the bad trees. So as you're doing that whole process, you are constantly tearing down the toxic and building up the healthy. You know, the idea of for every tree you cut down, plant seven... That's what it kind of reminds me of. You know, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're just now figuring this out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Just kidding. Y'all, if any of the neuroscience or if any of this book was confusing, make sure you grab your copy. It's going to help you. It's going to give visuals. It's going to give you questions. I loved how 11 through 15, those chapters... She gives you several questions throughout each of the chapters for you to write. So if you're not sure, I don't know what to write about, it gives you prompts. So there's no excuse to not do it. And she also recommends that you repeat the 21-day cycle um, two more times. So that's three in all. So that's a way just to help solidify and make it stick. Remember the quantum Zeno effect. Repetition, 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 that's part of the learning process. So if, especially if it's something that's really challenging for you, just know that if you get to the end of the 21 days and you feel like you need to go another round, that's completely normal. Again, she'd recommend two or more um, to help really kill that tree. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to go from bumps to lollipops to mushrooms, or as Farron says it, Gummy bear babies to... What? You know... I don't remember what you said. (laughs) Something about aliens and gummy bears. Yeah, I said (laughs) we jinxed. And the the, the person does the sauna, and she called my baby a gummy bear. And you said that's a really nice way of saying alien. (laughs) You jerk. (laughs) Look what you did, you little jerk. Anyway, y'all, this has been a fun book. I've had a lot of great fun nerding out. Thank you, everyone, for loving me through this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and thank you guys for, you know, giving me grace on not being as nerdy. I nerd out about other things. Scrapbooking. What, what? Um, But guys, the most important, this only will work. Everything you've learned will only work if you apply it. So, again, 
get our free resource, find some notebook paper, use the back of your CVS receipt. That's plenty of paper right there. <laughs> it's a mile long. It is a mile. And see, you'll be recycling and the trees will be happy. Yes, seven so, more trees are out there somewhere. Yes, we encourage you. You can do it. You can do anything for three weeks. Stick with it. And we can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah, if you're having a hard time, remember, go back to your why. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to shake the mom guilt? Why do you want to be in shape? Think about the why. Why, why, why? Why, why? <laughs> Tell why, them why, that why? it's human nature. Why, why? You do that so much better than I do. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. MJ would be proud. Mm, we're going to go have a karaoke night. Everyone have a good time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.